Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Tilt Mets Do Us Part. We are live on YouTube. We are live on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, just like we are every single Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard or Eastern Daylight Savings Time, whatever it might be. I uh, went a little early last week to accommodate our guest back into our regular time slot. This week, though, John Sapanaro out here in Los Angeles where uh, I am not underwater anymore. Everything is all good. Um, anybody who lives out here... Um, like Shay, I know does. He's in the chat, lives in Long Beach. Um, if you're out here on the West Coast, I hope that you are safe. I hope that your house is good or your apartment. Nothing was too bad. The weather was absolutely crazy over the last couple of days. But I'm good. I'm ready to talk New York Mets. But before we get into any of that, we have a great guest, of course. Ibby, how you feeling, man? John, I'm doing well. Like I said, uh, I put out a post the other day talking about the excitement that I had for this episode. Our Mets giving us a lot to talk about over the last week. We have some stuff we're going to talk about for the show in general. It's a, it's a lot of good on our end, so I'm very pumped up to get into all of it. And um, I can see, and I want to address it real quick, I see that Shay said something in the comments saying how he likes the background and things of that nature. As you can see, my background is a little bit different for anyone who doesn't know. I often <laughs> joked about putting like the virtual background and it was always the brick, but like the like the brighter red brick. And John would always joke with me and say, you know, it looks like you're just at a bad comedy club. And I like, you know what? You're probably right. But little did he know at the desk where I had it originally, I had a brick wall right in front of me because I have a little brick accent wall in my basement here. And I said to him over the weekend, I was like, look, I changed it up a little bit. I got a new background and um I'm doing stuff from the comedy club. So I hope John likes it. He told me he did. We'll see how he uh how he reacts after I you know put him on blaster for a minute. But thank you, Shay, for appreciating the backdrop that I have moving forward. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to ruin this for you, Ivy, <laughs> but I think he means the background behind our entire thing, like the new graphics. Because I no. think this is the first time no, Shay is watching. No, 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 no. I, I don't He's listen, I don't want to be the bearer time. of bad news, but uh, you know, listen. You should know this as a homeowner. If you got exposed brick, man, you got to let that thing shine. Exposed brick, <laughs> exposed wood. You got to let that thing go, man. So I'm surprised that you uh, you you waited so long. You were holding out on us there with this great brick wall behind you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it looks sharp. But that's, that's it does, neither here nor there. We have a fantastic looks, guest today. Let's get to him. Let's get to him. Let's get to our New York Mets. Um, we have a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, good moves. <laughs> so good conversations coming as always. Absolutely. From James Dowling. So hello to everybody who's in the chat, everybody who's rocking with us, all of that Love stuff. It. Plenty of things to get into with our New York Mets. And like Ibby said, there's some stuff to talk about with uh, the show, but we can talk about that coming up in a little bit right now. Mm -hmm. Without further ado, let's bring on our guest. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, does a great show uh, here on YouTube. Uh, terrific. I think he did a show like an hour ago with former Mets relief pitcher uh, Trevor May so bring him on Tyler the one and only Wardy NYM Wardy how you going, doing guys man? I'm doing fantastic good. thank you for having me on a long time hey, no see excited again coming back on. good to see you man yeah awesome. no thank yeah, you thank you it, it is great to have you back on the show um uh, how was the how was the conversation with uh with Trevor May I, I listened to it a little bit um and then I had to kind of get set up for this show so I caught a little bit of it I, I plan on going back and, and listening to the rest but how was it it was fantastic. I mean, Trev was exactly the way that you thought he'd be. Um, it was really cool to kind of have these things formulated in your mind as a fan. 
and then see if they hold true when you actually talk to the person for the, mm -hmm. and for like most of all that to be true was pretty cool. So yeah, it was great conversation. Um, really was awesome. Not only to break down the Mets bullpen, which is specifically what I had Trevor on for, but I wanted to highlight the start of the show on anxiety and overcoming it because obviously mm -hmm. Trevor has been a very big focal point of that over the past year uh, during his time with the Oakland A's. He is now retired and he's been very open and honest about his experiences. And I think the more mental health awareness, the better as someone who deals with anxiety himself, I can tell you very much. So it's not fun. Um, and it definitely could have you feeling uh, alone at times. So I really want to shed light on that. It was a great discussion. And, uh, knowing that almost every single reliever we discussed, he was a teammate with and either, you know, single A or at the major league level was very cool too. So to hear his analysis and breakdown as literally a guy who was just pitching a couple months ago is pretty neat. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, CP chiming in saying great stream from Wardy and Trevor. Thank so, you, Bob. Um, and, and Chris, Chris Ram saying absolutely Wardy. And that's more in line with uh, the stuff that you were talking about, mental health awareness. And, and I, I agree, you know, it, it's something that we've talked about on this show a bit before, you know, when it becomes, you know, relevant, because there are a lot of toxic fans out there that, you know, hear the comments from a guy like Trevor May, or, you know, I think Zach Grinky earlier in his career talked about having, you know, the social anxiety. And it, it's so easy for people to, you know, um, uh, just, <laughs> Just, just be so awful about it. You know what I mean? Just, just minimize it. People made fun of Ricky. Not Williams understand before. it. I think Wardy, this is before your time, but Ricky Williams used to do all of his interviews with his helmet on, with his, you know, his tinted out visor on. You yep. know, it's like stuff like that is, it's real, man. It's absolutely real. And I, I think there's a lot of um, toxic fans out there that find it either low hanging fruit to make fun of, which they shouldn't, or you know, just looking at the fact that. Oh, it's not masculine to talk about your feelings or it's not masculine to feel a certain way. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that uh, I will go to war for that kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> Very vocal about uh, people being idiots. But um, so I'm happy that you had the opportunity to have that conversation. And uh, I do look forward to going back and, and watching the rest of it. And you guys Thank should, you. Do, of course. Um, look, let's let's talk about it. Let's jump right in with the bullpen. Um, you know, it's, it's something that you just spoke with with Trevor May about, but that's kind of the headline right now for the New York Mets. They add Jake Diekman. They add um, Fujinami. So, you know, look, it's it's nice additions. People wanted two more pitchers, and they got two more pitchers. Maybe not the ones that we expected, but really quick, what was uh, your thoughts of those additions? Uh, initially, Diekman, I was very conflicted with because I've purposely – lack the in-depth breakdown I've done on him because when I see that walk rate every year I'm turned off so that was apparent um but after doing a bit more digging on Deakman I really like the pickup a lot in particular uh, I wanted the Mets to make sure they added another lefty reliever they did that and I also like that they added a guy that is not similar to Rayleigh and you know more of a soft tosser with the fastball but known for the breaking stuff like you have someone like Deakman who easily touches the high 90s you know one of the hardest throwing lefties of relievers in all major league baseball. Yes. The walk rate can be concerning, but it, Trevor in our show earlier put it greatly how it's such like a part of his game and knowing that he doesn't induce much actual contact whatsoever. When he does, it's really soft contact. So even though that Deakman might be walking everyone and their mother, He's also not going to be giving up runs on a crazy clip either because he's not giving up a lot of hard contact at all. Literally was the best in Major League Baseball in that regard. Average exit velocity, 99 percentile. So great in that regard. Not great with his command, but especially as he went to the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, fine-tuned his arsenal a little bit, and he had tremendous success. Was just around a two-year rate or so during his time there after being horrendous 
in Southside with Chicago. Because if there's one thing, many things they don't know there with the White Sox, a big one, and us Mets fans know this under the Wolpons, is their lack of analytics. They they don't use newfound information nearly to the degree of other organizations. So they were not able to maximize defense potential, but do the opposite as a matter of fact. So I really like that pickup of Deakman, another guy that can be utilized in high leverage situations. And Shintaro Fujinami is literally like one of the most fascinating guys in baseball. Mm -hmm. I've wanted him for over a year now. I don't know where you guys stand on him. So I'm excited to flip this back to you, but uh, Shintaro of course played with Trevor during their time in Oakland. And he just explained how Fujinami stuff, his splitter, especially is just unbelievable he's like his first strikeout in major league baseball was a 95 split against trout trout's looking at that thing like what the hell just happened you know what i mean so like he has the arsenal he has the stuff it's just about putting it together and uh may was very high on him and excited about him heading into the year and he he thinks hefner especially is one of the best people to work with to maximize his potential for what his role will be with the Mets this year. He spoke glowingly of Hefner, which was nice to hear because I know us fans kind of at times fluctuate, especially when the team isn't performing well. You're like, all right, who am I going to nitpick? Is it Buck? Is it Hef? <laughs> exactly, right? We all we all go through it as fans. And there was a lot of negativity that we saw online, at least with Hefner this past year. So I like hearing that from May, especially. Um, and yeah, just a lot of good. I, I think the Mets did a fantastic job this offseason and adding more quality depth to this bullpen. So now when you have to turn to options, say guys are not being consistent or they're dealing with injuries, you know that you at least can call upon guys that either have major league experience still or are ones that are fringe where they're not guys that are taking straight from double A where you have no clue what you're getting. So I think the depth aspect was huge for the Mets and Deekman and Shintaro really helped round things out in that regard. I, I think that's great. Really well said. Uh, I put this comment well up a second ago. Charlie saying Jeremy Hefner definitely has his work cut out for him this year. And the right. reason why I bring that up is because, you know, look, a lot of this conversation over the last couple of weeks and where we're going to go later on in this show is going to be about, you know, guys proving themselves. Vientos, Beatty, the list goes on. And I think Hefner has some stuff to prove. He's survived a few different regime changes. Um, I've been critical of him in the past, but I was all for them, you know, bringing him on when they did. I thought he's a really bright mind. Um, but over the last year or so, I, you know, the bloom's a little bit off the rose for Hefner. So regardless, I just do think that he we're going to see really what Hefner can do now with a pitching lab, with some guys with high upside uh, that are quote unquote, maybe fixable. So Ibby, um, you know, what about your thoughts? You and I have not really talked a lot about Deekman and, and Fujinami to this point. So uh, your thoughts on those two guys. I, I think what Wardy said, obviously it hits everything mainly on the head. And, and I kind of, I was trying to articulate it last week when we were talking about bullpen and the idea of them adding to it. What, what, what might they go after? And I was saying how I wanted something different, meaning I wanted different looks. I wanted velocity. That's really what I want. I wanted harder throwers because I felt that this team just didn't have guys that could just go out there. And yes, they could make mistakes, but no one really blew anyone away. And the fact that we're bringing in mm -hmm. someone like Fujinami who throws, who can throw as high as 103, obviously that's not what he's going to be throwing every time he's out there. But the idea that you have someone in the pen that can throw that hard is nice, to, you know, it's nice to have. And to Wardy's point, having a Rayleigh and then having a Deakman who are different types of left-handers, it's a good thing to have. And just allowing people within the bullpen now to fall into spots that are more suitable for them. We do not, look, we make fun and we speak on Drew Smith a lot on this show. We say we have, we, we all have our feelings on him, but the idea of him being in high leverage now should not be a talking point. We should not see him in those spots we should only be seeing him in places maybe like uh, the fifth, the sixth. God forbid, pitcher doesn't go that uh, doesn't have the doesn't have their best stuff that given night mop up. 
like not in spots where we're up a run and he's giving up a home run to tie the game. Like that should not be what we have to worry about now because to Carson's credit over on Mets weekly, they talked, I listened to their show last night to their credit. They were talking about how, you know, people want to talk about the people that Stearns brought in, but it's finally like, he's putting together an actual bullpen where it felt like Epler was just getting people throwing it against the wall and seeing what would stick. There's actual thought process behind each and every person. And I think that's, what's most right. important about this entire thing. Everything is calculated in a very different manner than what we're accustomed, accustomed to. Yes. Absolutely. I'll jump back into the comments really quick and just shout out some folks. Um, Chris Ram from before saying, uh, doing this work in my professional life, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk about mental health. Thank you. Uh, we got uh, Darren all, all the way out in Darren. the UK. What's up, lads? I uh, love to see Seems. it with Wardy on love the stream, him. my bro. Uh, we got Grant in the comments saying, Wardy. Hey, uh, what's oh up, my man? God, Wardy. And those are actually Adam <laughs> <Wardy>. and, uh, <laughs> That was my bad. And then saying, John Seven, it'd be how we doing. Um, you know, this is a great comment here from James Dowling. Um, from Mets pod Chapman got like 13 million talking about Araldis Chapman uh, or something. And the Mets got three pretty good relievers for 11 million. I yeah. mean, that just speaks volumes to, you know, letting David Stearns be David Stearns and letting him do what he does and what he does time in and time out is just build elite built bullpens. That's what he does. Uh, Patty saying, uh, Hey, Mets fam, Wardy's episode today with Trevor May is really, really good. WW watch. Wardy. Ooh, I, I like that. Shout out to PB <laughs> on the wordplay. Yeah, oh, you, you might have to you might have to work that in. Um, and Harrison, I, I think uh, maybe coming over from from your channel, one of your folks, but I think new to our show, saying great yes. show, guys. Yeah. Which we appreciate. Um, appreciate look, I don't want to beat a dead horse with this bullpen conversation, but I'll echo a lot of what you guys just said. Um, if you listen to the show, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I am pro stuff. I am pro athletic ability. I am pro stuff, and I'm especially pro stuff in the bullpen. I think if you have a guy that can come in and throw a wipeout slider, high spin rate, you have a guy that can come in and throw at a high velocity, I think that covers for some mistakes. Now, is it the be-all, end-all? No, because if it were, you know, Hicks would never, ever, ever give up runs. Like, you know what I mean? The guy has absolutely electric stuff, and he has not had the career that a lot of people think he's he would have had to this point. So, look, it is not the absolute answer guys can hit 102 guys could turn around on a 97 mile an hour splitter i i understand that but it does protect you a little bit and wardy i like what you said with regards to you know kind of not bringing these guys up getting a little bit more of a known commodity in here like whether or not you know what their warts are you have an idea of what they offer and so yes with deekman i understand that he's got the walk rate but you already talked about it. He has the electric stuff. He has the great fastball. With Fujinami, you're looking at a guy who is really, to this point in his major league career, pretty enigmatic. But the stuff plays. So, yeah, potential is just that. And I put out a video with, you know after the signings of both guys. Potential is just that. It can go either way. It can go badly. It can go great. But the Mets right now, when I look at the list of people who are potentially available in their bullpen, they have the ability to have one of the best bullpens the Mets have had since 2015, 2016. Now, again, I know it's just potential, but just look at the names. You got Diaz, Adovino, Rayleigh, Lopez, Deekman, Fujinami, Tonkin, Bickford, Walker, Reed Foley, Hartwig. You could throw Jose Buto in there, even though he's maybe a starting pitcher. Maybe he's a relief pitcher. Who knows? And then, yeah, you know, Drew Smith. These are all guys that are on the 40 men. And these are not guys outside of, you know, maybe Diaz, Adovino, Rayleigh, 
and I guess to a degree Lopez who have had a tremendous amount of success at the major league level that you can bank on. But I see stuff. I see upside and upside doesn't necessarily mean when we're talking about bullpen pitchers, or at least when I am upside doesn't mean, Oh, this guy's 24 years old and throws hundred miles an hour. Right. Like I think there's still upside to a guy like Ottavino. Now I was 50, 50 on bringing him back, but I think if Ottavino is pitching in the sixth and seventh inning, it's a lot better than if he's trying to close out games for you at this point in his career. So I think these guys all represent a potential upswing. And for me, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I am looking for. I'm looking for spin rate. I'm looking for high velocity. I'm looking for, um, uh, Carson just said it here, live arms with upside plus Drew Smith. Uh, But I'm looking for live arms with upside. That's what I'm looking for. And so to me, I I like these names. I do. They're not going to get anybody super excited. They're not sexy, but I think they're damn good. I think they could be. So, I mean. One one thing to add about Adovino, uh, May spilled the beans on this on the show earlier. He is finally trying to work on getting his pickoff move better so he doesn't get stolen every single time he gets to fir- a guy gets to first base. Adovino has been notorious as one of the worst <laughs> pitchers in baseball in his pickoff. I mean, every single time a runner's there, it's like Noah Syndergaard during his time with the Mets. Like yeah. he's always getting stolen on, but that is something he is working on. So going back to Adam for a second, maybe, just maybe, uh, we'll get a guy that will not be the slowest mover in his wind up to first ability. Cause he's a, he's a snail out there and he knows it. You know, um, Patty saying Adovino gets love from Edwin and, and, and Trevor talking about Trevor may. And look, I don't want to dump on Adovino. Ibby. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but you know, and if you're watching this right now, hit the thumbs up button, by the way, it's till Mets do his parts, John Sapinaro, Matt, Ibby Ibanez, our guest this week, Wardy, uh, NYM, you guys know him, of course. Um, but, Ibby, the Adovino thing is, I think Adovino's a, a good piece. I think Adovino seems like a good guy. He's a New Yorker. Like, you know, there's things to like about Adovino. I don't want to dump on him like right. he's the last guy in the bullpen. But I said when they were flirting with Adovino before they re-signed him and when they were flirting with the idea of maybe bringing back Robertson, I said, bring those guys back, but then you got to bring up, you got to bring back somebody else. Yeah. You got to give us somebody else. You can't give me Adovino and be like, well, that's it. Off season done. Yeah. And they did. They went out and they got Deekman and they got Fujinami. Now, again, as accomplished as Adovino, no. But right. upside and stuff potential better than Adovino. So, you yeah. know, I can't – I, I, I got to be consistent. I said, give me more if you're going to bring one of those guys back. And they did. Yeah, and I think uh, those that did listen to War, the, the, the one piece that I, get to, uh, that I did get a chance to listen to when he was talking about Adovino is just how – in depth and how smart he is as a person and what he brings when it comes to conversation, how he's in tune with a lot of things and how that work with Hefner as well. Look, when you have someone like Adovino on your team, it's good to have that established presence. When, like you said, in the beginning, when we were talking about the likes of Adovino or Robertson. You wanted to have someone that's a constant next to the likes of Diaz and Rayleigh in that they've done something in this league before that you can bank on. And Adovino has a great track record. And I joke on the show oftentimes about him throwing Frisbees and giving up home runs and what have you as a joke. But having him in there is fine. And to harp on what I said last show, I said, I will gladly have him back as long as you give me something different in terms of look. And they did that. So it's like we get to have our cake and eat it too. You get back an established veteran who knows how to get outs, who knows how to handle himself in a bullpen, and who's a great mind for the bullpen. And then you couple that with the upside and potential of the likes of Diekman, who seems to have 
you know, got that magic dust on him from the from the Rays and figured it out. So hopefully that carries over to here. And then with Fujinami, that's the ultimate wild card, but it's also the biggest, highest risk, highest reward. He could be a stud and be our setup man for all we know. He could be gone by June. Who knows? But the idea he also has is, options. And he has, he has options, options left. The that's whole a, thing that's is, huge. Yeah. Like, uh, I yeah, think we're going to be that flexibility is huge. Year. People are not ready for just how good this guy is. I'm telling you, just just wait. Jump back into the comments really quick. A lot of them coming in. Uh, Mets vent saying Vogelback could swipe a bag off of Potofino. Um, <laughs> the bar's low. I don't, know. I don't know about all that, but uh, you know what? Fucking maybe. Paul Revere saying uh, this relief group is definitely deeper than they've had. Now they just have to perform as they should. I think that's a, you know, a good point, but that's the name of the game with bullpens. Um, Darren saying the Mets have relievers with stuff and different looks. It's a far cry from last year. I think that's underrated that they there are different looks, you know, guys with different arm angles, guys with different approaches, guys with different stuff. I think they talked at one point, you know, back when the Mets had, you know, Harvey and DeGrom and Syndergaard, it's kind of like, you know, you don't want to go from a guy who throws 100 miles an hour to a guy who throws 100 miles an hour necessarily when he comes out of the game because you're just giving them a similar look. So, you know, why not give them a guy who's, you know, throws a little softer and has a little bit of a wrinkle in it? You know, I think there's something to be said about building a bullpen in those different ways. Mr. Nobody kind of echoing that saying it's different, which makes it exciting. Um, we got Corey saying this is the deepest major league uh, baseball level bullpen they've had in years not for a bullpen depth i, I agree with that and then uh mitch trucker saying the way they said yeah the way john said yeah and drew smith i felt that yeah we all did uh we've all seen drew smith drew smith is the new hansel robles pointing as the as the ball goes soaring over the fence if you guys remember hansel robles like oh, it's course. a pop-up yeah dude it's yeah drew smith deep. is working on a new pitch so we'll, yeah. okay all right. So we'll we'll Good. see we'll see what that comes of anything. But I have, like most, I'm also a, a fairly heavy critique of Drew Smith, um, and I actually find it hilarious because Trevor said Drew has the same problem I do and, and always have is is home run ball. It's just really struggling to get that down. And Drew says it himself. Well, be in a groove, and then bam, it just bomb bomb, and just like that. That's how we all get pissed off. It's like what the like? How did this? Yeah. Dude, like we just we need the final out, and you just somehow give up a two-run nuke. Like this is not okay. So, um, I'm I, happy that he's working on uh, some different stuff with his arsenal though. So we'll see. I think uh, Chris uh, Chris Torres really nailed it too. I think you're right, Wardy. Obviously, and 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 Trevor May is right, and he knows more than any of us all, all together know about this. Where he has the problem of the home run ball, but I think Chris is right here too. Uh, I think he's got another problem. Uh, he can't see models at City Field. No, <laughs> not at all. can't do it. Can't no. do it. <laughs> I actually, I don't, I don't want to say it because I don't want this to get clipped the wrong way. But I think ASAP Rocky has a similar problem. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, there's a song that alludes to uh, the worst Drew's part is that Drew has struck out like both times. So yeah. it's like at yeah. least in the public guy, it, yeah. it's been that way. So you're telling me you're just gonna be cheeks from this point on, and you're not even gonna bag her? Like what's, what's what are we doing here? It's so stupid. Was it all worth it? And the answer is no. It has not been worth it at all. Um, last thing about the the bullpen conversation, I think we'll kind of just throw this around the room, and then we'll move on to something else. Is that you know as I was putting that video out, as I was reacting to the stuff, um with regards to Deekman and, and Fujinami, a lot of people were like, well, that's just the thing. You never know bullpens from year to year. And of course that is the case. The, the, the expression we always use, a lot of people use it too. Bullpens are fickle, mm -hmm. but that is the reason Wardy, why I don't subscribe to 
paying relievers off of their best year, paying yeah. relievers, you know, multiple year deals. Everybody wants to talk about the Wandy Peralta deal. Oh, it's an opt out every year. Well, we talked about it last week. If he sucks, you think he's opting out? No, then you're just saddled with him for $4 million, $3 million per. And they're like, oh, well, Steve Cohen shouldn't care about $3 million. Yeah, but it doesn't mean he should make bad deals to right. give a guy who's coming off of three very good years. What are the odds that he continues it? So, you know, I'm not for paying guys off of career years. I'm not for paying guys off of, you know, what is a really good run. I think the best organizations find that guy again. And so I think that's what you need to do because bullpens are fickle. So the people that have kind of used that argument kind of against me, I find a little strange because it's like, so you want to invest big money in guys who are not elite players? By all means, do it. But I don't think that's how a successful franchise is run. So I think a bullpen in certain aspects, you can compare to a running back in the NFL. These guys mm -hmm. are mightily important, but they have such a short shelf life on the consistency basis. That's why and I was telling it to Trev earlier. I mean, so many relievers, when I'm looking up the numbers, are just roller coaster. They're Jekyll and Hyde. First mm -hmm. year looking great. Second year, terrible. Third year, okay. Fourth year, not so great. Fifth year, you know, looking much better. Sixth year, I don't know. Like, it's up, up, it's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down constantly with these guys. And, you know, I, I think when evaluating not only this pen as a whole, but ultimately – you know, why things have kind of been, um, pardon me. Uh, I actually lost my train of thought for a second. I'm not going to lie. John, what was it like the final couple of words you said? Do you remember? Cause I had it. And it's I've gone. been there. I've it's been gone. there. Man. I know. Is it, I'm, worried. I'm not taking shots at you. Is it me? Cause I do this to Emmy all the time. No, no. <laughs> it happens I, I, to me a lot. I do this too, but I usually don't just be blunt and say that I forgot. I try to drag it another yeah. minute or two i'm not going to what what was the end of what you were just saying so i can say what i said i knew <laughs> you know it was people, important too how people are using the argument of like bullpens being fickle against oh. my argument for bringing in guys with high upside you know not on guaranteed deals things of that nature right and i and i 100 agree with you like for example the la angels for a number of years every year every offseason try to buy a bullpen it doesn't work. You're wondering why doesn't it work? They just bought guys off of career years. It's your point, especially if say they had career years, for example, like a good one is going to be Robert Stevenson. How does he look in that angel system after reaping the benefits of being with the Tampa Bay Rays and really fine tuning his game? So that's something to evaluate. But my question to you, John, is if you have this philosophy, did you have the same mindset and attitude when Edwin Diaz was a pending free agent or have things changed since then? No, so I, I consider it's funny. Carson said this uh, comment a minute ago. I was going to bring it up. Three-year deals for relievers are for the top 1% of arms like Diaz and Hayter. Okay, so I so. would consider Diaz an elite player. Right. And you pay elite players elite money. Okay. Um, so, yeah. you know, uh, Hayter, I think, is not as good as Diaz. But, you know, sure, it can be in that conversation. You know, so I'm, I'm all for going out. You want to buy a closer that's really good. I, I have no issue with that. You want to keep a guy and reward a guy. I'm all in on, on Diaz, but to me, he's an elite pitcher or at least has been to this point. Now, look, I say that note also acknowledging there has only ever been one Mariano Rivera. He was the best relief pitcher any of us have ever seen. And he might be the best relief pitcher anybody ever sees in the history of major league baseball, but taking him out of the equation because he's the exception, not the rule. You can pay the elite guys. I just don't want to pay the, other guys and again right. you don't want to pay mid, you don't want to pay mid options elite dollars yes. yeah no. correct exactly. yeah and it's not a knock on players also I'm, I'm super supportive of players always getting as much money as they can i'm very pro player it's not a money conversation it's a building the team conversation for right. me
Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree with you fully on that one. Yeah. You always want to be wary and the Wadi contract while the AAV is nice to your point. Exactly. That's like you take the risk and the Padres have been this great example of a team that has put on a lot of risk where they don't have a lot of upfront money. So in order for them to stretch it, they're just going to expand these contracts as far as they can go. That's why they signed Jake Cronenworth on like a seven, eight year extension when they're already trying to part with him because he has been underwhelming for the past two and a half seasons now. Then you get on to, uh, you know, uh, Xander Bogarts. I mean, this one in hand with Peter Seidler because he was unfortunately getting closer to his passing and he was so adamant about just making sure we can bring in top talents, do whatever it takes. We have the money. But now they're going to have to deal with the consequences of, all right, you just gave a guy an 11, 12-year deal when he's already hit the peak of his prime. You know, like these are mm-hmm. these are concerning things. So and I, that's I'm the reason ne- why they had to trade Juan Soto. Exactly. It's in yeah. part. It's in, I'll it's say definitely this. Definitely in part, yeah. It, it's in part. The clubhouse factor is bigger than uh, people maybe make it out to believe. I can tell you that much so. That plays a factor too. Ooh, we could talk about that in the second half when we talk about yeah. DHs and protection for Pete and where the Mets can go ahead of time. But yeah, I have heard some of that too. But I, I do think, you know, when you're when you're locked into um Ibby, when you're locked into Xander Bogarts, like uh Wardy just said, past the peak of his career, and you know, you go and you turn around and you give Manny Machado an extension, who, you know, he's maybe still arguably in his prime, but he's trending towards near, you know, past the peak of his career, too. Yeah. You know, he had an opt out and now he's locked up he ain't going anywhere you know so it's just like oh and i i said it when i talked about peralta let the padres give out bad fucking deals all the time yeah. i don't want to hear people going like why couldn't the mets give wandy peralta that deal no what? nobody, wa- why nobody wants you? to you're using the padres because... as the example <laughs> no it's like you said you're using the wrong southern california team to look at when it comes to giving out deals and paying players um no i i think that when it comes to relievers, I'm with what you guys have been saying, what Carson said. If you are the elite of the elite, you're going to get paid. Um, I think that as baseball gets smarter and smarter when it comes to pitching labs and analytics and however they look about um, spin rates and everything that goes into finding gems, if you will, I think you're going to see moving forward the middle reliever, like Wardy said, is going to go the way of the running back where the running back now has a hard time getting paid. And I think it's the same thing that's going to happen for the middle reliever because they're going to take chances on guys, pay them off of their down years as opposed to their up years, give them a one-year deal, see what happens, and try to finagle things from there. I don't think you're going to be seeing pure middle relief guys outside of this Peralta, which we just said is a bad deal because the Padres give up bad deals. You're not going to see the middle reliever, the guy who's going to be pitching the seventh inning for you or a long man or anything along those lines, get three, four years. It's not going to happen. It's reserved now for the top end people. You want to talk about Diaz, the haters, the Emmanuel Classes, the if you're a Devin Williams fan, like there's certain guys that can fit that criteria. There's not many in the game. Certain guys fit that criteria, but the middle reliever, to Wardy's point, way of the running back, going to find a hard time getting money outside of going to San Diego. Yeah, look, and again, you just can't look at – uh, you know, the, the, the stuff with their owner passing away, Wardy, is is, is also a great um, acknowledgement there that you bring that up, right? Because I think that gets lost in the shuffle. Sometimes you talk about sports, people forget about the human element. Right. But, you know, I again, that part notwithstanding, they don't have a history of doing great contracts over the last five years. And you have to look at that when you're looking at these situations. And, you know, for me, again, you asked if I was steadfast about it with regards to um, Edwin Diaz. 
I'm I'm steadfast about it across the board. Like I've said on this show the last couple of weeks that you know the Mets, if they're in the market for certain players, well, don't give JD, uh, excuse me, uh, Jorge Soler a three-year deal if you think you can get Matt Chapman on a two-year deal. You know what I mean? Like, like if his market shrinks, don't go get J.D. Martinez. Go get Cody Bellinger if you can get him on a pillow contract, if you can get these guys. If you can bring these guys in, you know, that's, to me, pay more money for the better player. That's why going out and spending $325 million for Yamamoto versus giving Snell 290 or 270 or whatever he wanted, like that makes more sense. But at the same time, if you can get Snell on a four-year deal, I'll sign Snell tomorrow. It's not my money. If I may, real quick. Sorry, John. You said it. I had to ring it. That's all. I say then he's (laughs) championing for that guy. But no, that's that's how I feel is that, you know, all all players make sense at a certain dollar amount or at a certain length of contract. And the guy that I just mentioned and Chapman and, you know, Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell, I don't think the Mets should necessarily be in on any of them unless, of course, we get another two weeks from now and we find out that they are because they're like, ah, you know what, this guy actually might take, you know, a three-year deal with an opt-out after one or a five-year deal with an opt-out after one or something. So roll the dice. Who cares? At that point, you know, they're worth it at that point. But, you know, Bell, uh, uh, Snell's not worth seven years, not at his age, nine years. But if you can get him no. for four, I'll entertain it for four. I don't know. Is would, that crazy? Yeah, I'll I'll entertain it for four. Yeah, four four is where I would entertain. I, it, it's it's tricky because you don't like. I would even make the rightful argument if say he wanted a short term deal, unless it's like a two or three year deal. Like let's say hypothetically it was a one with maybe a second year option. Do you want to do that if you're the Mets, knowing that you have to deal with the draft implica- uh, implications it has because he has a QO attached? Yep. Like, do you want to go through all that and then you have the 110% tax? Like, it's it's an interesting question to raise, especially the draft aspect. Like, that alone is why I don't see a chance in hell the Mets signing Blake on an actual short-term contract. But mid-level, if it somehow fell in a four range with a couple opt-outs, that would be interesting. He could go back on the market should he wish. But I think ultimately Blake is going to want to try to make sure he can bag a long-term deal because we saw he had, a, again, like a career year. He's a balled out in his walk years and in, in his previous uh, years in his career. And he's someone that at this current rate in his age, how he projects the type of volume he pitches, the amount of innings, uh, the amount of innings where – He's going five innings, but he threw 120 pitches because he's walking everyone and their mother. Like that's again not going to project well long term. So I think between how the market is and next year's market being so heavy with starting pitching, like if you're Blake, it, you should do everything you can to still try to land a long term deal this offseason versus even next offseason because there's going to be a lot of other pitchers available yeah. and a lot of others that you can probably get at a better rate than what Blake is asking for. Yeah, Ibby, before we head into the before we head into the break, just you know, kind of bounce that conversation back to you. Wardy makes a, a great point, and I think that's why you don't see that's the real reason why you don't see the Mets in on any of these guys right now is that a one year deal for any of them. It doesn't matter if it's the center fielder from with you know the left handed bat whose name I'm not going to say because I don't want you to play the bell. Um, it doesn't matter if it's him. It doesn't matter if it's Matt Chapman. It doesn't matter if it's Snell or Montgomery. A right. one year deal doesn't really make sense. Because you're giving up a pick, you're going over the luxury tax threshold, you know, or pushing that number further, right? And then you're 
in for him for a year where, you know, who knows how productive you're going to be? Who knows how much in contention you're going to be? Now, I think all four of those guys push you closer to contention in one year. You'd like a little bit of certainty, you know? So I think that's the thing is that you're looking at a higher AAV shorter term deal. That's more than, you know, one year you're looking at three, you're looking at four, maybe even five for some of those guys with an opt out. And I think that's why the Mets, you haven't heard any, kind of linking all of those players to the Mets. Yeah. And I think it also has to do with the fact that, you know, it's all placement where you are as a team. Does it make sense? And, and even if you wanted to sign someone at say a four year deal, like a Snell, but he gets to opt out after one and he balls out and he, and he opts out. It's like you essentially by giving up that pick. Also, you gave up one year essentially for X amount or six plus years of control on a player where this team is right now. It doesn't make sense for them to do that. But if they were closer, I would understand it more. But they're not there. The farm is still working its way up. We've seen a lot of the projections uh, from the multiple lists, baseball, baseball prospectus, uh, MLB pipeline, whoever it is that you follow. Uh, the farm is going up. But I think they want to keep on adding to that. So the idea of signing someone at the risk of even a one-year deal and giving up said pick and affecting the way that they can, can continue to build said farm, I don't think it is worth the uh, – as I said last week, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze in that sense. I agree. Look, we're at 36 minutes, uh, just about to be 37. Let's head into the break. We'll come back out. We'll talk more about, uh, we kind of touched on some of these guys, but more specifically about the DH third base situation, where the Mets can add there. And we'll, of course, talk about what Buck Showalter, and now as of today, David Stearns had to say on uh, foul territory from today and uh, you know earlier in the week. So it's Till Mets do his part. Uh, if you're watching live for the first time, by the way, the break is just uh, a quick 30-second break. We will be right back. So if you're watching live and you're like, I don't want to sit through a break, don't worry about it. It's just an ad spot we need for the audio versions uh, of these shows. So it's John Sapanaro, It's Matt Ibi Ibanez, our guest this week, Wardy. Uh, we will see you guys back here in 30 seconds. Till Mets do us part. Roses are red, violets are blue. Trim your balls and your date will thank us too. What's up, fellas? John here with Till Mets Do Us Part. And Valentine's Day is knocking and Manscaped is the remedy for what the love doctor ordered. His prescription, the all-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, designed to elevate your grooming game and shine like the heartthrob you are. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com to snag 20% off and free shipping, that's 20% off, and free shipping with the code TMDUP. That's TMDUP for Till Mets. Do us part. Happy Valentine's Day. Yo, just like that, we are back with Till Mets. Do us part, John Sapanaro, Matt Ibby Ibanez. We are here with you guys every week, live on YouTube, live on Twitter or X. Your questions, your comments, your concerns, your heckles, your praises, your greetings and salutations. Everything comes in in real time. We can see it. We can react to it. So it really is the best way to become a full-fledged member of the show. Our guest this week, a fantastic host in his own right. has got a wonderful Mets show, Warty NYM. You guys know him on YouTube. You know where to find find him uh warty thank you so much for being here doing the show once again i know you had like four live streams today so i don't know how you made this work but uh we appreciate you you coming on and, and joining us 
thank you guys again for having me. Two today, two tomorrow, and then we're cooling off for the weekend, barring any okay. changes. So it's okay. <laughs> we're we're, we're okay. chugging a lot. <laughs> that's not bad. I thought you had four today, bad. and I was like, that's a lot of talking Mets. No. I, I have done like this show and then gone and done my Jets show right after, or I've done this show and then jumped on as a guest on another show and like doing two hours, two and a half hours, three hours sometimes back to back is like, it's it's tough yeah it's tough the most i think the most i've done for just the mets i think i've done four in a day i know the longest live stream i've done was like eight and a half hours um so and that was ridiculous i took some i took some breaks of like just take like stepping away for like 20 minutes to eat but like nothing beyond that so i was there for like the bulk of it and it's fun but it's a drag and a lot of the time a lot of the times it's unnecessary when you get to those lengths of time it's like what, what are we doing here i mean we ended up we had what do you do joe i think uh, with us and carson during the trade down we would do like five hours we were on four here four and a half five hours four, yeah, five, five hours. that was that was a lot on my jets time, show uh the, the year the jets drafted um sauce garner jermaine johnson and garrett wilson they had all those first round picks um we went and we did a live stream during round one of the draft and we just watched the entire draft draft live and just reacted to it it was absolute madness you know they go to commercial and you're like all right <laughs> so now what uh no but it, it's fun to do it every once in a while but you know you obviously don't want to don't want to burn yourself out, burn out have that uh, yeah. that work-life right. balance you know in the mix um so warty look i know everybody um watching us probably knows where to find you but in case they don't where can they find you if you want to plug your show or anything like that please feel free you guys can find me at Wardy and YM on YouTube, W-A-R-D-Y-N-Y-M. Same thing on Twitter, talking all things Mets and baseball. I also work on the side with Bleacher Report, so you guys can check me there every now and then. I um, have three spots with them uh, this month, so be on the lookout for that. I just spoke recently at Bobby Witt's extension. That was fun. Um, and, yeah, that, that's really it. Just a lot of fun things coming for sure tomorrow. Um, I'll, I can tell you guys now, uh, top 10 Mets prospect rankings with Joe DeMeo himself. We'll be doing that tomorrow nice. evening. Um, and during the day on Knicks Media, which is a New York Knicks YouTube channel, I'll be joining my buddy Richie for three hour long NBA Knicks special edition trade deadline stream. So that that's what I got going right now. And and again, I appreciate Johnny asking um where to find me and everything. Of course, man. Um of course, a couple yeah. people in the comments here. Mets Vent saying the Correa live streams were fun though. Yeah, they, they were, were fun. fun. They were they were fun. They were that was yeah, a moment in time. Yes. We hardly knew ye. Um Keith Black <laughs> saying the longest podcast for me was 24 hours. I think I know right. the one he's talking about. I'm pretty sure he produced that one. Um, I was a guest uh for one hour of that 24 hour. It was like a telethon style podcast. Nuts. And the guest oh. after me, believe it or not. WFAN's Evan Roberts. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just full circle in my uh, just absolute um, dismantling of WFAN. Uh, Armand uh, saying, per John Heyman, Gary Sanchez to the Brewers. Cool. Okay. Uh, thank you for updating Blake us. Snell, um, you are a brewer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's, you know, like tight, 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 sick. Um, you know, Ibby, do we want to take a moment now and, and let our fans know exactly uh, what we've going on, why you and I are wearing, wearing matching shirts really quick? Uh, yeah, we can do that. If you want to open it up and uh, Wardy's yeah, here for okay, our so, first ever. You know what? For the, for the holiday season, Wardy, pardon us for one moment. For the uh, the holiday season that is uh, quickly approaching us, uh, Valentine's Day, you can give the gift of Manscaped, courtesy 
of Manscaped and uh, Tilt Mets to us part. We've got a promo code where you can get 20% off plus free shipping for all of your manscaping needs if you use the code TMDUP, which stands for Tilt Mets to us part because Tilt Mets to us part is too long. TMDUP. And, and we're super happy to, uh, you know, uh, just kind of launch into this uh, little endeavor with them. Congratulations on the sponsorship, guys. I've worked with Manscaped in the past. They're great people there. So, yeah, I hope you guys have a fun time with them. And the best part is that when you get a promoter product like that is that you can be as unhinged as you want. You can have a lot of fun with it. So don't hold anything back. Like, that's that's what the people want. Anyone that's buying Manscaped, which I have their nose hair trimmer and their uh, their latest lawnmower, I can attest. Um, you know, it's good stuff. There you go. Oh, my God. I didn't even know we were going to get a Warty plug in on that. And there you go. Product placement right there. Uh, it'd be rocking with the uh, the lawnmower 5.0. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> got the crop preserver. Got the crop smoother or soother, I should say. Uh, got the weed whacker, boxers, T-shirt. A lot of cool stuff. So I'm very excited to be a part of this with them. And, of course, like John just said, manscaped.com. Promo code TMDUP. Tell them Tillmets do us part sent you. 20% off. Go out there. Shave your balls. Let's go. <laughs> lock lock the fuck in. Let's go. I will save uh, I will save my uh, my shaving the ball story till the end of the episode. <laughs> I usually save my unhinged moments for the end of the episode, like when I talk about eating kangaroo meat and things like that. But anyway, let's get back into the conversation with the New York Mets. Um, look, we've got the third base situation, DH situation. It's kind of very... Wardy, in a way, it's fluid, and in a way, it's very much not, right? Um, we've got Beatty and Vientos, now that Mauricio is hurt, basically battling out for third base. And then, you know, you think Beatty being the better defender, although I'm not sure how honestly I could say that statement, but whatever. You think Beatty being the better defender, he'll be the third baseman. That means Vientos kind of splits some time at DH with DJ Stewart, and, you know, they kind of rotate other guys in there, keeping them fresh, keeping them healthy. But now there's some talk about, you know, J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler, Gio Urshela. These guys already fit, you know, different needs the Mets have. So, you know, what, what's your thoughts on all of this? This is a very polarizing thing for Mets fans because a lot of people want to see the kids play. A lot of people think the kids aren't quite enough. So what do you think? What I think is I want an answer. You know, <laughs> I think we all do. It, it's been frustrating um, covering this team at times, as as is always the case, given the fact that it's the New York Mets. But especially when you head into an offseason where there's a lot of uncertainty and you're reminded week after week, oh, the Mets are in the market for a bat, but only at this price. Oh, wait, there's still guys out there, but only at this price. We got to wait. So it's from if we're going to hold what Annie Marchino and all the latest reporting has been for more than a grain of salt, like if we're going to hold it beyond face value, then what that means is, the Mets are likely not going to be adding a bat that's going to be to the, you know, the likes of what a lot of fans want in a JD Martinez or a Jorge Soler, because they're not going to get them at those prices. Now I'll get into shortly as to why I think the Mets actually still have a realistic shot at either of them. But personally, until proven otherwise, I think the Mets are going to add a bat. I think it's going to be a Gio Urshela, a, a Donovan Solano, one of those types. I mean, we've, we've seen recent talks of, potentially Brandon Belt, but I mean, Brandon plays first base and DH and I, I just don't understand. So now we're going in the contract year, take playing time away for Alonzo at first base potentially, because you shouldn't warrant Belt being your daily DH because he doesn't have the power consistently to really warrant it. I just don't understand that. I think that just grasping at straws for the sake of there's guys available in the free market. Let's pick a name and see how that works. 
But Urshela, Solano, these guys make sense, especially in the case of Gio Urshela, because if you bring him in, he is someone that can automatically give you protection if, say, Beatty and or Vientos falter at third base. And even if they don't falter, I wouldn't be shocked if Mendoza just kind of wants to, you know, see if they will be better and not necessarily limited sample sizes, but it's like, okay, Beatty plays great for a week, has some hiccups. We'll give Gio Urshela a couple starts this week at third base, and then Beatty will be back in there. Like having that kind of protection with someone who's still in his early 30s, has been a high contact hitter his entire career, up until this past season has pretty much been a league average, if not slightly above league average defender, can play third base, can play all over the infield, would rekindle that relationship with Lindor as well. Again, can be a clutch bat for you off the bench in contact situations where you just need a big hit and also knows the Mets third base coach very well during their time in Cleveland too. So there's a lot of familiarity. Mendoza knows him during his time with the Yanks. And then if they do decide to say go for a big bat in a JDM or Solaire, Solaire I just don't see happening right now. I, I think similar to Blake Snell, it's a lot of fluff. As much as I want it to be more, I think I'm just trying to talk myself into it versus that actually being the reality. Um, and ten, a lot of us Mets fans go through these emotions where, oh, because we haven't heard anything in two weeks. The first report we get, we're just eating it up for breakfast. Like yep. we need to stop doing that because we all do it. Um, I think when looking at Solaire, he'd be awesome, but I just don't see how the Mets reach a price point with him. So we'll see JDM. I like that there's continued dialogue there. And the one thing I will say, if the Mets do go down that route, what is in their favor is this lack of DH market, not in the sense of the players out there, but in the sense of the teams looking to acquire said players, right? There aren't many teams right now contending that are looking for a power bat. That is a standalone DH. There's a few funny enough, a team that could use a guy like him is actually the Boston Red Sox. So I'm curious if Boston is going to go out and maybe bring Adam Duvall back, try for Solaire if that didn't fall through entirely yet. All I know is that JD, if you can land him, at a respectable price with the 110% tax, that immediate production, even if he drops off, which I fully expect him to, even if he gives you 20 to 25 home runs, 80 RBIs, and a just under 800 OPS, who is not taking that production every day of the week for the Mets DH with how abysmal it's been the past three years since it's been universal? So that is why I personally want them to go and acquire a power bat so bad to finally have protection outside of Alonzo, Lindor, and Alvarez. And while I love the prospect of giving Mark Vientos reps, again, if you're going to do that, okay, but it's really a make or break situation in that sense because he has a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I hope he can step up. I want to see him play consistently, but he has a very loopy swing. And now we're going into another year where, while yes, it's probably the best year to do it, knowing it's kind of a bridge year for 2025, you're still sacrificing a lack of production and a lack of protection for Alonzo leading into the trade deadline where it wouldn't shock me if we're buyers for a DH once again by that time. So there's a lot of pros and cons. I understand like both sides completely. I understand the Mets philosophy as well, but personally I want them to add a bat. I hope they can land JDM or Solera. I think it'll just do wonders for the short term. I think it could take them over the top to make them more of a short guarantee of close to a wild card, if not a true wild card spot versus banking on Vientos when, while I'm not opposed to it completely, there's more risk involved. And it's a matter of how much does the reward outweigh the potential risk here if you're David Stearns in the Mets. Yeah, look, that's that's really good stuff. Ibby, before we bounce it over to you, just jump into the comments really quick. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of both here. You know, uh, Mets Vent saying, 
I don't like JD Martinez because he's restricted to DH. Just guarantees right. Viento is losing a ton of at bats. At least Soler owns a glove. Correct. That's something I've said on this show before. Mm-hmm. Soler is not going to win a Gold Glove, but he does have you know a plus arm and he can go stand out there. Yeah, you have to replace him late games, but he's not just just a DH. Uh, Charlie saying Viento's worked hard over the offseason with Lindor and Chavez. I'd like to see him get a full shot at DH for at least a few months. Well, you know what? For the first few months. That might be too late. You know, we've seen a DH go. The, the Mets had a, a DH rotation of uh, uh, J.D. Davis and Dom Smith that I think hit two home runs in, you know, uh, four months of baseball. <sighs> so I'm just – I'm not – I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but, like, that's what we've been dealing with. And this is the point from Rosie. The <clears throat> Mets need a DH to be competitive. There's too <clears throat> much talent in the NL to not have a competent DH. Um, and then you've got Paul saying, I'm not sold on Vientos. I hope I'm wrong. And Darren, this is from earlier saying, I wonder if the Mets have a real shot at J.D. Martinez since the Angels have a history of giving out bad deals. If Anaheim gives him three years, can't see him passing that up. No one. He's an angel. Then. Is giving, he's an angel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's an angel. No one <laughs> is giving J.D. Martinez three years. Jorge Soler might get three years. I don't think J.D. Martinez is getting three years. But if anybody's going to give him three years, it's the team down the freeway from where I live. So, Ibby, you know, what do you think about these new developments? I mean, I know we've had this conversation probably six ways from Sunday, but, you know, now – you know, these new information pops up and it kind of changes the, the story arc a little bit. I mean, I'll, I'll coincide this with what was said by David Stearns as well during his time on foul territory today. It just, it just feels like as much as Mets fans, and I think we, we get we we get lost a little bit, I think, Mets fans within our own bubble, whether it's Twitter or on YouTube or anything. We, we talk so much about the same. And this offseason has been rough because it hasn't been – like we've been talking in circles a lot because I, I always laugh when – you see a new report like what did you say? We get we get lost in those reports. We get fed like this, this small little here's a little peanut here. Take it, take it, take it, take it. And then you you eat the whole thing up, and eventually it's just like how much of this is just nonsense? How much of this is just hearsay? What have you? But I I really think that based off of what Stern said today, he talked about and they, and they finally asked him. They're like David, DH is out there. They, they didn't mention names. We all know what they were what they were hinting at though. His response was one that hasn't changed this entire time. Fans don't want to hear it, but it hasn't changed this entire time. And that is, look, I think it's very important to play young players, to understand what you have, to give them playing time, to give them a shot. We've said on this show multiple times, Wardy, you've said it, others, other content creators have said it as well. We know that J.D. Martinez is a better hitter, a more accomplished hitter than the options that we have on this team. We know that. We talk about the 110% tax, how you know 10 million is really 18 million or what have you. Justin Turner, 13 million in, in, in Toronto is really 26 million here. There's a big difference. Okay. You have to find out what you have. I think, and I'm with Wardy on this, I think flexibility matters. I think you are looking at someone more along the lines of a Solano type, of an Urshela type, someone that can plug in and fit somewhere. Not so much Martinez. As much as his bat behind Pete would be nice, the lack of flexibility, I think, goes against what Stearns has preached in terms of movement amongst the team, as well as stunting the youth from being able to grow. Now, don't get me wrong. You could also have it where, and this this is a, a thing that can play out, if they were to sign J.D. Martinez and he comes in the, and that's your DH, well, then you're basically saying it's a fight between Vientos and Beatty. A lot of fans didn't like the idea of Beatty being given the job potentially, and then Vientos just being the DH. You're saying, eh, don't make him earn it, just give it to him. John, you've said you don't like that idea. Others have said the same thing. So in this case, you would then say, 
The spring, you battle it out. Vientos and Beatty, third base, best man wins. I still think in that case, because of defense, I would still think Beatty ends up winning. Vientos is the one that takes the back seat. But to Wardy's point, has a loopy swing. Might not be the answer in general. But I am still of the thought process that J.D. Martinez is a great idea, but I just think it's an idea. And I think that we are more along the lines of an Urshela type or a smaller end player. I know CP has talked about his channel of like an Eddie Rosario type, a Brandon Belt, like obviously Wardy just said, first base, but still a smaller end player. I don't think we are, to use David Stern's phrasing, as well as Scott Boris, we're not shopping in that aisle. I think it's all Mets in terms of driving up price, driving up interest from others. And I don't think it's a fit, and I don't think it's going to happen. So I think smaller end player, I'm not going to complain if it happens. Nobody will. But that's kind of where I am in terms of this entire J.D. Martinez discussion. You know, when, when I when I look at the landscape of this, first of all, it's a great comment from Carson. This J.D. Martinez Mets shit has been going on for like four years. I'm starting to personally like Manny Ramirez. guy for no reason. It's so annoying. It's, yeah. it's like Chris Bryant. Yeah, it's the same Chris thing. Bryant, yeah. Manny Ramirez. Chris Bryant stuff. is another yeah. one. Yeah. Um, Mets vent JD Martinez is a 36 year old in a 55 year old's body. Also, <laughs> uh, point taken. So, how I feel about this is is kind of a little bit all over the map. Um, I am very pro playing young players. I think, uh, like I said before, with stuff and bullpen and pitchers, I think young athletic players win the day. But I'm also very pro these players earning spots on teams. I don't believe in giving people jobs. Because sometimes they earn it and it doesn't work out. To Brett Beatty's credit, he earned his way onto the Mets last year. And then after he did, he did nothing with the opportunity. They traded Eduardo Escobar so that he could have everyday reps at third base. And he had a horrendous season, both offensively and defensively. So the likelihood of both of these guys panning out, if you give them everyday jobs, is slim to none. I would like all of them to succeed. I want Jet Williams to be a star and Luisa Helicuña to be a star and Ryan Clifford and Drew Gilbert. I want them all to be stars. Odds are, honestly, odds are none of them are stars. One of them, maybe you get one really excellent player and then like another guy is pretty good and then a guy who's a bench player. A lot of these guys aren't going to pan out. So when you look at Vientos and you look at Beatty, I don't consider either either one of them blue chip prospects with the exception that Beatty was a first round draft pick. Well, first round picks in MLB, eh, fine, whatever. So, I also think that the Mets need protection, not just for Pete Alonso. I think they need protection for these guys not doing well. Because if they don't, or if one guy gets hurt, then guess what, Met fans? Your everyday third baseman is Joey fucking Wendell. That's where they're at. Like, that's how close they yeah. are to that. They're one player away from that. So go get me one more guy. I was adamant. We had Terry Collins on the show. Ibby was adamant. Terry Collins signed off. Justin Turner was the guy. They didn't want to go there with Justin Turner. I know he's more of a DH nowadays than actually being an infielder anyway, but I thought he gave you something there. But I also said earlier in the offseason that the Mets needed realistically a player like Turner and a player like Urshela. So I'd rather see them go down the... Exactly. I'd rather see them go down the Donovan Solano or Urshela route. Um, I think Solaire would be okay, but I think he's going to get a multiple-year contract even now, and I don't want to do that. I think J.D. Martinez would be okay, but I don't trust him. I didn't trust him last year, and I don't trust him now. I don't trust 36, 37-year-old sluggers with bad backs who already can't play In the, the cold field. In the of has, New York. 
and he hasn't played he hasn't played the field in four years yeah. You know, that's okay look, though. I mean, he doesn't need him. <laughs> no, I know he doesn't need to, but I'm just saying, like, he gives you a log jam. So if he's not right. hitting, he's an absolute yeah. zero. Correct. You right. know, and that's why I think a guy like Urshela makes a lot more sense, to be honest. I'm looking at it. The more I the more I hear Urshela's name, the more I like it. I do. Which means he's a know. Yankee. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which means how, he is going elsewhere. Works. Exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> speaking of Terry Collins, uh, Darren saying uh, Terry Collins, Todd Father, now Wardy, great guest. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. Thank they you. are having you guys. really great guest. Um, look, gun to your head, Wardy. Um, who do you? Th- what do you think the? Me- well, no, not a real one. Just a. Okay. Uh, <laughs> lawn, lawnmower, lawnmower 5.0 to your beard. There you we, go. Know, we know how good that is at uh, removing unwanted hair. So lawnmower 5.0 product placement to your beard. Um, who, where do you think the Mets go? Do you think the Mets go completely in-house? Do you think they go – don't turn it on. It, I didn't mean to. Hair. I was a mistake. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mistake. I was joking. Um, do you think they go JD Martinez? Do you think they, do you think they go a player like Martinez or Soler? Do you think they go a player like Urshela or Solano, or you think they stay in house? Which one of those three options, not would you do, do you think they're going to do? I think they go with a Urshela type. Ultimately, I don't think the prices are going to drop to their liking. Uh, but as limited as JD's market is, I also need to keep in mind, even if there's a team that maybe is similar to the Mets in like kind of how they're looking, projecting for the upcoming year, what's his desire to even come to New York, mind you, right? To be playing in City Field. I know he played really well with the Dodgers, which is not a a, uh, batter's park, especially at night by any stretch. However, it is still a park where you saw he had a ridiculous amount of production with. If he's in City Field, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be even to that magnitude. So it takes two to tango. That's my bigger concerns with someone like J.D. Martinez prior to the dollar amount being really considered heavily now with the 110% tax. So I think it's for sure going to be in Urshela. I'm very confident saying that I think they're going to add another bat. If they didn't feel that way, we wouldn't have heard week after week after week about this continued interest level. Like unless this is their way of trying to appeal the fans, which I don't foresee being the case, Mm -mm. the Mets have been diligent and they've been active in the market this entire time. They're just waiting for either certain prices to drop or to see, you know, maybe they're kind of tongue tied. Maybe they're like, Oh, you know, Gio Rochella. Well, we want to fully commit to you, but JD's still out there and he's actually interested. Like there's a mutual interest level. So we got to wait things out. So that's another factor that comes into play as to why things drag. But yeah, gun to my head or lawnmower to the beard, whichever one you want to call it. (laughs) I think the Mets will add a Giorgella type player. Um, Some good stuff here in the comments. Uh, Mets trucker saying, um, Soler had a fluke power season. He's only seen that production one other time in eight seasons That's or true. something like that. Dude's hit less than 15 home runs the last three seasons besides 23. I wouldn't trust a three-year deal on him. That is it's fair. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carson saying, Urshela, Severino, Adovino, Bader, the power of Bronx friendship. So stupid of a concept, it might actually work. <laughs> um, Mets trucker also, I think this is from Twitter, saying, uh, Chapman is close to signing with San Francisco. Uh, my love will finally be ended uh, one, one more time. Chapman comments. The one time <laughs> Chapman is him. <laughs> Um, Ibby, same question to you, by the way. Um, so where do you think the Mets go? Um, you know, is, is, is it, you know, door number one, door number two, or door number three? I think, again, it's going to be a, a drawn out process to the point where it's going to be, look, you, if, if J.D. Martinez has 
an inkling or a liking to New York and says, hey, guys, if you offer me, you know, $12 million or th- he'll probably say, I want $13 million because Turner got 13. So he'll probably say, I want 13.5 million or 14. And we know what that would cost the Mets ultimately. Um, in comparison to others, the Urshela types, the cheaper options that are still out there, the Eddie Rosario types, whatever it may be, uh, however you want to formulate and move people around and where you want to play them. I don't think that they're going to spend here. I don't. I, I really, I have a hard time seeing them spending 10 plus million dollars on a DH, which of course would really equate to more because of the given tax. I don't think they're going to do it. Look, I, I sat on the show last week and I said that I didn't think they were going to make any more moves in terms of the bullpen and they signed two. So I might be wrong here on this one too. And if I am, so be it. I'll, I'll wear that. I'm, I'll, I'm glad. I'm happy that we got the, the arms that we got. If you tell me that me saying this brings me JD Martinez, I'm not going to complain, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think we are in the camp of shorter, shorter term players, one year types, smaller in terms of scale. Um, and I do think that, you know, the, the look, projections are projections, but the fact that, you know, Steamer and other ones as well are comparing the likes of Vientos with his potential numbers to that or close to that of what they think J.D. Martinez might put out. I think that that does play a factor on the end of Stearns and company when they say, look, why am I going to give this money when I can get the same production here for a lot cheaper and I can use this money and get something else elsewhere and attack something at the deadline? There, I think it's going to be a very interesting deadline for this team if things break properly where they can go out and they can be aggressive and they'll have a better understanding of their farm and how they can make a deal and go after some players. So I think that you're looking at your shallow types, the – the Rosario types, uh, I think that's the the shopping bin that you're going to be looking into. I don't think J.D. Martinez is going to happen. I think it's a great talking point. It's fun for us content creators to have something people can flock to and look at, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, look, when I, when I look at this, I, I agree with both of you guys at this point, but I also – I think a move like Urshela, specifically Urshela, or or let's say I, I like Urshela better than Solano, but let's just say either one of those guys because they can both play third base. Mm. Um, I am pretty confident that if things don't work out, Wardy, between Beatty and Vientos, that Gio Urshela, at his age, 30, what is he, 31, 32, 33, yeah, something like that? Yeah, exactly. Um, Urshela can play third base every day. Right, if you need him to. Yeah. If you needed him to. I'm not confident to this point, based on what we've seen, that Brett Beatty can play third base every day. I don't know if he's a good enough hitter. I am not confident at all in Vientos. I like his bat. I don't like his ability to play defense or his inability. I don't think he's a third baseman in the major leagues. I think he's a DH slash backup first baseman. I think that's what he is. Um, So I don't see how else the Mets are covered. I think the Mets can get decent production if they, I don't want to see them cobble together DH. Like a lot of the commenters said, and like I said, from a couple of years ago where they've just kind of been playing this game of not having somebody there. I don't want to see them do that. But I think when you have a catcher who has the offensive power production that Alvarez has, you're going to want to get him in the lineup more often than not. You're going to want to DH him. You're going to want to give Alonzo a day off here and there and a half day off in DH. Right. You're going to want to DH Lindor here and there. And with a, off, a defensive player like Joey Wendell, you can kind of do that a little bit more. You can work that in. So I don't think it's going to be an absolute zero at the DH position. Plus, I think there is some upside from Vientos. 
I like what I saw out of DJ Stewart. He showed some good things. Now, was that lightning in a bottle? Maybe, but he's another guy who deserves a shot, and he not doesn't make any money. So I think the Mets can be actually pretty well covered at DH and get them through the first couple months of the season. What I'm not confident in, Wardy, is that I don't know that they can be covered at third base because I'm not sure that Beatty or Vientos is a third baseman in Major League Baseball. That's so, why I think you've got to go get Urshela or Solano. So he, here's a great question because we have the, the fan expectation and preference versus the organizational move. Do, do you want the Mets to give Beatty and Vientos a leash the way that they plan and fully intend you at this rate? How short of a leash do you want to give Beatty? Because again, if you're going to have guys that are going to be underwhelming the way that both these players have over the past year and a half since making their debuts in very sporadic playing time, albeit Beatty has played on a more consistent basis and he hasn't stepped up at all. Now is the year to still give them the opportunity. Like even if Beatty is, is looking horrendous, I want him to continue to get those daily reps. Same thing with Vientos for a, at least at least a month and a half, a two-month time frame, if not longer. Because, I mean, we've even seen it with some of the best hitters and players. They can be horrendous for a couple months stretch, and then they finally get themselves going. Like, I just don't want the Mets to put themselves in a position where, okay, 2024 is a year where you're dialing it back a little bit on the payroll because you're still, like, in the top percent in what you're being taxed this season. I understand that. Um, but do you also want it to be the same year where – you're almost being fickle with third base the way you were the past couple of years. Like I feel like now's the time where you want to make sure you give these kids reps. Cause if you don't, or if you get stubborn and say, Hey, Beatty didn't look good for a week. So Rochelle is a starter for the foreseeable future. I'm all about winning your own role and making sure that you need to perform in order to be in said position. But at the same time, it's also important to make sure that guys continue to get consistent reps especially in someone like Beatty, who a huge factor, the biggest factor why he struggled so much last year, had nothing to do with his physical talent as much as it had to do with his mentality. He really went through it and slipped and went down a little bit of a rabbit hole last year. And as soon as he could continue to struggle to lift the ball, he was getting stuck in his head. He was thinking way too much at the plate. That's why as soon as he was sent down, he was freaking nuking everything, like Mark Vientos too. Then he's called back up. And he again, he's struggling. It's like, you're a quad A player. You're way too good to be in the minor leagues, but you have yet to really fine tune yourself as an everyday player. So that's the big question, not only for us fans, but for the organization is how much of a leash and for how long do you want to give these guys if your biggest concern level is third base? I know that's the Mets' biggest hole, but I know that. So I guess that's why I'm not like overly concerned by it because yeah. I'm mentally prepared for it and just hoping that we can finally see these kids blossom. Yeah, you know, look, I I agree with you, and I do think yes. you have to see this. I have to, you have to see it through with these guys because it's it it sounds crazy to say this, but because it's a new organizational philosophy with a new president of baseball ops, and because of all the extra talent they brought in from outside the organization, the clock is ticking already after basically one year on Brett right. Beatty and after basically three months on, on Vientos because they're a little bit older. They weren't drafted by these guys. It's, it's all of that stuff. There's other talent coming, all of this, but I just think, I, I think you're right to a degree, but I also just don't want to give them, I don't want to give them anything. And I think if you bring in Urshela, you can still say, go earn it. The best player plays third base, the best hitter DHs. 
Right. And then the other guy has to, you know, you're not dead to us, but you got to work your way back in. And look, you know, if, if the Mets get off to an abysmal start and they're 15 games under 500 in June, well, you know, you know what? Then you can bench Urshela if he wins the job and you can play Beatty every day and you see what he's got. But I, I just look at this as like, I don't know, maybe I just, I can't hand both of these guys jobs and say, okay, show me what you got. I, I don't know. I don't, maybe that's wrong, but I wouldn't do it. I would bring in a guy. I guess that also comes down to the idea of, of how you want this team to, to compete. And I think you're thinking of it also from a stance of, I want my team to win games as we all do. And you want the best players out there and you don't want to basically have to go through these potential ups and downs of these given players, especially from what we've seen to this point, though limited, but from what we've seen is it's not the, you know, like you said, it's not the, the, the prospect pedigree that other teams have seen within players where you're willing to be a little bit more forgiving if you will. It's more so, eh, I've seen it. I kind of, I'm kind of eh on it. The defense isn't there. I don't think that they should be handed something. They should earn it. So I, I understand. I'm sure Wardy does too. Like we understand where you're coming from, but I, I also think that they just, I think they really want to zero in and find out if we give these guys this amount of time, if we give Brett Beatty 200 at bats, 300 at bats, legit playing every day is he going to be able to show out is he going to be able to be that 19th prospect that where, where he was ranked at one point can he be this player can he lift the ball even though it's been a problem with him all the way back to double a pounding the ball to the ground can he make the adjustments to this point many Mets fans would say no he can't to Jolly Olive's point when he said it it's getting late early and look he's not wrong when he says that you're not wrong in your thought process John so I just think that, and I've, I've been echoing this, and I'm going to keep on saying it. I think that they want to give these players the time, and they're willing to go through these ups and downs. Again, I go back to what Stern said a couple of weeks ago now. You have to let young players play. You can allow players to learn on the go in New York. People need to learn. People need to understand that you can do that. When the president of baseball office is saying that, that tells me as a fan that's what he wants to do. And he's willing to take the heat to wear it in that sense. Say, look, you guys are pissed off that these guys are playing. But I, as an evaluator, as my first year here, I need to see this. I need to see what they can do. And I think that that's where we are. Yeah, I, that's fair. That, that's a fair perspective to have. And I do think Stearns needs time. I mean, I've preached that to everybody that, you know, you got to let the guy do the job that he was brought in to do. This is not, you know, a video game where you bring him in and you're like, oh, he has an A-plus rating as a GM. So now he gets to do A, B, and C, and there's no evaluation. Like, it's it's real life. That's not how this works. The guy um, has put zero things in his office, and we expect him to <laughs> I have all laugh. the right away like what are we doing <laughs> I, did, I did laugh at uh, uh zach scott has been uh, very active on twitter yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. been saying how uh he goes man not much has changed that office since i left so clearly like nothing is ever in that office and that's because they know it's a short shelf life when they're there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah maybe don't move in you know this time but uh still um, hilarious nonetheless Wardy, I, I don't want to I don't want to keep you too much longer because you've given us over an hour of your time. Uh, but I do want to get your comments on um, on what Buck said on foul territory and what sure. Stern said on foul territory, specifically about Pete Alonso. So right. I think um, give your comments on, on those. You can take them one at a time, whatever. And then we can let you go. And Ibby and I will give our thoughts on it and kind of close out the show that way, if that's cool for you. Sounds great. So, yeah, your thoughts on Buck Showalter saying what he said. Or actually, you pick whichever one you want to start with. Whatever, Maybe Stearns is more pressing because he's actually here and it matters. You know what I mean? Buck is not okay. here and he's talking about a GM who's not here. So, so 
from Buck, I didn't catch the interview in its entirety. I only just saw some clips. I saw mm-hmm. him talking about, you know, kind of Brandon Nimmo, for for an example, having a great night. It's and like, oh, we got to yeah. sit him the next day mm-hmm. just because he rounded the bases fast. Yeah. Like, yeah, that like I think the only thing I really need to add from what I saw from Buck snippets. So if there's anything that I'm missing, please relay and I can sure. I can further talk on it. Um I really like that he didn't hold anything back. I'm not surprised by this. I mean, Buck was not happy when he was being parted with to begin with. There was clearly a um, a divide between himself and the front office. And it seems like Steve has been learning, you know, year after year, kind of like who to trust, who to not, learning through these trials and tribulations as a newer owner. And, you know, that was a hard thing to do, kind of cutting ties with Buck's, Buck the way that they did. Buck is far from an like a a perfect manager i had a lot of criticisms uh, specifically with him this past season i know he's not a fall for everything i know he was dealt a bad hand right before the season even began with edwin diaz and the lack of depth that this team had um but i i agree with him too in in most aspects especially not as much uh per se with just his comments that we heard in foul territory but just kind of what we're leading to believe should it hold true. Like we've heard kind of this divide and, you know, Billy wanting to make sure that Buck is playing certain guys, i.e. Daniel Volgaback, Buck being like, no, the guy's effing trash and then still need to save face. That's why they need to play him still because the trade was flat from its beginning with Colin Holderman. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Buck uh, on a lot of things. There aren't many things that you're going to catch me like, all right, that's completely and disagreement on but is there anything particular from that foul foul territory interview outside of like the brandon nimmo quote that's notable in your opinion to me that was the most notable bit because yeah. and maybe because we had terry collins on two weeks ago and obviously again another regime and you know now like basically a decade ago and so baseball's yeah. changed but you know we asked him point blank about like hey everybody said sandy alderson was meddlesome was sandy alderson met did he ever give you a lineup and he was like no Point blank. No, he never gave me yeah. a lineup. He never, you know, we, we take input from everybody and all that stuff. And, but he's like, I never, ever, ever, ever got a lineup from him. He goes, but I also respected it the other way. And I never went in and told him, this is who you have to go get. Like, this is the player you have yeah. to go get. Like, he's like, I let him do his job. He let me do my job. There's a time where it overlapped, but, but again, that's basically now a decade ago. And you I was going to say the Mets, the Mets did not have an analytics department at all until no, Steve no. Cohen became owner. So let's not forget that either. That's an yeah. obvious point. Right. This, but yeah. So then, I mean, let's, and this, like, this is a good point too, like from, from Mets trucker, I get the Nimmo stuff, but he's in year one of a new deal with an injury history. Like there is a little bit of that. Like, you know, you don't have yeah, to right. be an analytics guru to say, uh, you know, maybe we got to keep this guy a little healthier because he hasn't had the best track record of, of health from a success Correct. standpoint. So, yeah. you know, but That's, no, that was, that was my biggest thing on, on him because I just thought, I thought that was curious how forthcoming Buck seemed to be. Um, but then what do you think about Stearns with regards to, you know, what he said about Pete, you know, he, he's been pretty cagey when it comes to Pete. I think, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, we love Pete and we'll let it play out. We'll see what happens. This is the same David Stearns that took, Corbin Burns into, you know, arbitration hearings, right? Like th- this is, let's not get twisted as smart and as sophisticated as David is. He's also cutthroat at times. Like he knows what his role is, right? Even with putting the fandom aside, but the one constant that I've seen, including his comments today on Val territory talking how, you know, can we get a meeting set up tomorrow? Let's do it. Let's yeah. talk. Like, let's make it happen yeah. in regards to trying to extend Alonzo. I-, I think it holds true that, 
you know, Pete isn't going anywhere right now, at, at least hopefully he doesn't go anywhere to begin with, but he's not going to be dealt heading into the season. We all know that. I never yeah. even thought that truly for a second. I, I never gave it much more thought. That's why you barely saw me talk about it all off season long. Um, I do think that there is potential that if everything goes wrong for the Mets, they could trade Alonzo by the deadline. But again, that's that's a very like extreme circumstance, which I don't foresee happening. I'm also the same person that didn't foresee the 2023 Mets being sellers away the way that we're at the deadline. So who knows, right? We'll, we'll soon find out. But my biggest takeaway is that I can clearly tell that he wants to keep Alonzo, but the Mets need to be calculated here. They haven't really, there's been this divide as well with who's kind of approached to when the offseason initially began, when Billy Upper was still GM, Pat Ragazzo reported that the Mets had had dialogue discussion with Alonzo's camp on early extension talks. Epler came out publicly like later that day, if not the next day and kind of just refuted it completely. Then Billy's gone. Stearns comes in. We haven't heard from either side. We heard Scott Boris talk at the winter meeting saying, Hey, no, we're all ears. Like Alonzo has a willingness to want to be in New York and we're listening. Like we're here. If they approach us for the conversation, like we're happy to have it. And that's something that Boris isn't usually as open to doing with extensions as is. He only does that with guys that he knows if, if they have a preference to stay, like he's going to try to do right by them. Brennan Nimmo is a great example from the year prior, right? Like a Scott Boris client, but he stayed in house. And I, I think that's ultimately going to be the case here with the Mets. I think Alonzo is going to play this entire year, his contract year. He's going to be free agent by the end of the season. And the Mets are going to do everything they can to bring him back. But, I also see where Stearns, Cohen, and everyone else is coming from and making sure they play the long game with this. As much as I want Alonzo extended, talking business side here, so putting my personal fandom and preferences, excluding my emotion, Juan Soto is without question a player that the Mets would like more on this roster than Pete Alonzo next season, right? So that is something that comes into evaluation. Yes, they have a lot of money, and a lot of money is coming off the books once the season's over. But just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean you can go acting like a drunken sailor. So the Mets may very well find themselves in a situation where it's potentially Alonzo or Soto, right? Or it's potentially this route. Now, granted, I think in that situation, while Soto is a better talent and all the upside, I, I think commitment alone is why you should stay with Alonzo because I think there's far more risk. Imagine going after Soto. It's like Yamamoto where you think you have him. He takes mm -hmm. the same deal elsewhere where you had no control. Like he gets matched by the Yanks and that's it. And this is after Alonzo just signed a new deal elsewhere, right? Or yeah. if say you try for Soto falls through and then you go back to Alonzo, just imagine like, how slighted he probably yeah. feels. That bridge is probably burned. So it's a really tricky one when you evaluate how the Mets should go about this. The business side, I can understand trying to drag this. And for Alonzo, I understand dragging. Why in God's name does Pete Alonzo want to sign an extension, even if he wants to stay with the Mets? Why would he sign an, ex an extension knowing that as long as he stays healthy, he can have another Pete Alonzo year, get that average up, get the OBP up a little bit, you know, get multiples of millions that he wouldn't have gotten if he hit the market right now probably – you're betting on yourself. So as long as he doesn't have a Michael Conforto tragic shoulder situation heading into an offseason after, you know, his final year in the bigs, this is the time for uh, Alonzo to say, hey, I'm going to ball out. I'm going to have a massive year. I'm going to look for a big payday. Even if he wants to come back, he needs to play the market too. So that's where yeah. I stand from Stearns' uh, remarks. Really, it hasn't changed much at all from what my personal viewpoint has been for the past two months now. 
he's been saying a lot of the same. So, yeah, yeah I would love an extension. Not getting my hopes up on it whatsoever. Fully expecting Alonzo to hit the market. I think the extension ship has just sailed. You know what I mean? I think when you're a player of his caliber, you get to this point, you're going to test it. I mean, look, the Mets let three guys go to free agency. DeGrom, Diaz, and Nimmo under Cohen. They brought back two of the three. They gave the other one a very good deal. Now, it wasn't the highest deal, but look, they knew at that point, they knew DeGrom better than anybody. And look, DeGrom went and had Tommy John surgery. And obviously, we all have DeGrom's fine and da-da-da-da-da. But – they gave all three guys what they deemed were fair market free agent deals for the players that they are. Right. Pete Alonso knows if he goes to free agency, he is going to get a fair market free agent deal or slightly above fair market free agent deal, whatever. That's where the Mets are because Carlos Ortiz brings this up. The Mets had their shot and they lost it. They should have extended Pete years ago. that's when you take a friendly deal. That's when you take, that's why the extension talk for me, Wardy is not Alonzo. It's Alvarez. Pete's never signing an extension. Now it's not to say that Pete's not coming back. I think the Mets are going to make Pete a really good deal. And I think Pete's going to be back. Right. I think that's a great, I think that's a great likelihood. Yeah. But they lost their window to extend him. They said, why would you take an extension now? Aaron judge didn't take an extension. Nope. Corbin Burns who just got traded to Baltimore, said, I've never even been to Baltimore. Look, could everything change? But right now, I kind of want to go to free agency. I've, I've gotten this far. Why wouldn't I? And I think Pete Alonso hasn't said that, but that's how Pete Alonso feels, and you'd be crazy not to. Yes, and I, I would like to clarify one thing. When I mentioned David Stearns and like his willingness, like he'll go through those ARB hearings with top guys if need be, like Burns, even if it ruffles some feathers. That has everything to do with the Milwaukee Brewers' philosophy of not spending and balling on the budget. That has very little to do with David Sturz and how, like, he always operates. You know what I mean? Like, he learned a lot during his time in Milwaukee. But I just want to clarify that because I don't want fans to think, oh, my God, you know, this Pete's going to get screwed over right away. I'm not saying that's going to be the <laughs> no, case at all. No, it's not. I, I just – David is disciplined, and he understands, for the most part, how to properly go about player evaluation, especially on long-term deals. That's a huge factor into why he trade Josh Hader when uh, the entire fan base was like, how dare you trade Josh Hader? Don't get me wrong. The return wasn't the prettiest, but that return included some guys that are key impacts right now, actually in the Brewers bullpen when Hader was horrendous that entire year when he got to San Diego too was great this past season, but we all knew who was going to walk. So it's like, what's the point? So it's about knowing your role and understanding the, the, the bigger business aspect of this all. And, uh, if there's someone that I have a decent amount of faith in, albeit I know that there's bias involved, it's David Stearns. I really am looking forward to seeing how the season's going to go and his implementation, the bullpen, like all these little things, like what makes David Stearns David Stearns, you know, and this is his chance now to really make a team the way he wants to, while it also being the team that he grew up idolizing. So there's there's a lot in play here. I, I totally agree. Ibby, uh, I think we should let Wardy go and then we'll finish off with our thoughts on this stuff. So, um, sure. Wardy, yeah, thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, Carson said it thank earlier. you so much. Like, got to get out of here soon because the Rangers are on in 15 minutes. <laughs> like, Rangers are on in 15. I got to freaking shop and make dinner. We got we got plenty to do. <laughs> I got to spend hours for- editing. We're good. <laughs> um, Charlie just saying uh, what, what we're all thinking. Hey, Wardy, before you leave, great job. Thank you. Oh, thank so, you. Wardy, appreciate just, it. Uh, one more thank time, you, so much, you know, where, where can people find you on Twitter and uh, where can they subscribe to the channel if they haven't already? 
Well, first and foremost, thank you guys both for having me on. Uh, long overdue. Uh, very happy to catch up with both you, John, and Ibby. Happy to have you guys on the channel at some point, too. So we'll make sure that happens. And yeah, of course, make sure to check me out, guys, if you don't know already, at WordyNYM on YouTube, on Twitter, talking all things Mets. Um, like I said, a very busy day tomorrow. If you're a Knicks and a Mets fan, then you're going to want to make sure you're following along with me. Um, outside of that, uh, just again, thank you guys so much for having me. And we'll talk again real soon. Let's go Mets. Let's have ourselves a season. Let's go baby. Mets, baby. Let's I love it. I love it. Love Wardy, it. thank you so much. Let thank us know so much, when you Tyler. want us on the show. We'll work it out. We will figure it out. Uh, guys, that is uh, the one and only Wardy. You guys know him, Wardy, NYM, Tyler, whatever you guys want to call him. Wardy is is, is where is what we all know him by. He's so, the man. That's what he is. Um, he is the man. man. Um, He's the man. Maybe, so look, you know, obviously we don't want to take uh, – you know, too, too, too much more time. But, yeah. um, you know, look, I, I asked Wardy kind of his thoughts on this and then I, I kind of opined in the middle. So, you know, what's your feelings on, on, you know, I mean, Buck's comments to me matter a little less, to be honest, because everybody's gone. I, you know, to me, it it's either matter. true. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's my feeling on it. It's either true or it's not like, you know, I'm not calling him a liar. I'm just saying like, no. it, it either happened that way or it didn't, but it doesn't matter because Epler's gone. Buck's gone. Like they're all gone. Yeah. So it is what it is. I think Buck got a little bit of a raw deal, but I also understand that Stearns has also got to be able to bring in his own guy. Yeah. So like, I don't think they were ever going to keep that marriage together. For me, it's the Stearns comments on, on Pete. So what did you make of that? I think a lot of the stuff that you guys covered between you and Wardy, I, I'm going to echo the same stuff. I just think that the time for an extension and those types of talks are long gone. I said weeks ago, probably months ago at this point, when hey, <laughs> when um when Scott Boris said, "Hey, we're here. We'll listen." Like I said on this show that week, I'll never forget. I said that's nonsense. That is that is agent speak saying, "Oh yeah, we're here." But I'm going to throw a ridiculous number out there, and I want you to match a ridiculous number. Otherwise, we're going to free agency. There was never going to be a time or an extension. And I and look, I love a lot of, I love the entire community. I love all of our content creators. But the ones that keep on pushing for this extension, thinking it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. Like you just said, Corbin Burns is there's there's the, one way it would happen, Ibby. There is one that? way. What's you that? pay him astronomical. You, you right. negotiate well against yourself. Yeah, like giving, if Boris comes and goes, extra years, like that's the right. only way it's happening. Like okay? if you're like, look, I think he's worth two hundred million, and Boris goes, I think he's worth three hundred. We'll settle at two seventy five. Well, yeah, if you give him two seventy five, which is an insane number, you'll probably which is sign probably seventy five million more than the market that he would get if he was out there anyway, and that's, that's why he would sign it exactly. But yeah, I don't think that I don't think an extension is going to happen. I don't blame the Mets. Because the ship has sailed on it. This should have happened years ago if you were going to do it. To your point, Alvarez is that type of target now. I think that if I, I view this and have viewed this as it plays out the same way it did with Brandon Nimmo. Yes, there are going to be ups and downs. Yes, there's going to be there's going to be mystery teams. Yes, they're going to push the idea of San Francisco. Yes, they're going to push the idea of the Cubs. Yes, they're going to push the idea of all these different types of teams that could use a player like Pete Alonso because – Anybody in baseball could use someone like Pete Alonso. But here's the thing, and why it's worked before for the Mets and why it hasn't in, some, in, in certain instances. The Mets have all the money in the world. We know that. People say, oh, they're not using it. They could be spending this money, and they're not they're being cheap, blah, blah, blah. Pete Alonso knows what it's like to play for this team and win on this team to an extent. Not the ultimate goal yet, but 
winning teams. He experienced it in 22. He knows the money that can be given to him here. He knows what can be, he knows what can potentially be built for him here if he stays. There's a difference between that and Yamamoto, as an example, being offered 325, but also being offered 325 from the Dodgers. He's never been here. He sees what the Dodgers have been and what they've done. So he chooses to go there. Proximity, what have you, it's where he wants to go. There's a difference there. So when the money is all on the table, the Mets still have the upper hand against anybody when it comes to Pete Alonso because Pete Alonso has been here. I think Mets fans need to understand. I think he has respect for Aaron Judge. I think he loves New York, as does Aaron Judge. But he's going to go through this process. He's going to mm-hmm. try to have the best year he could possibly have to get the most money he could potentially get. I guarantee you he's sitting there and he's saying, you know what? I'm going to hit 50 home runs this year. I'm going to hit 60 home runs this year. And guess what? If he does that, that means our Mets are doing pretty good. Okay? That means that, that, means that this team is doing well with him operating at that type of level. I think that that is the risk that the Mets are willing to take in terms of what what the added money could be on, you know, that could be tacked on if he has an incredible Aaron Judge type of year. It's a risk you take. And I think it's one that, that that's that's uh that's warranted because of the wallet that you have behind you. We'll allow it to happen. You go out there, see what see what gets offered to you. We'll match it, and we'll throw a little extra on, we'll give you that extra year, what have you. I think that I think that that's what you're looking at. And I think as much as we as Mets fans, and Carlos has been in the comments before, how we think six years, seven years is probably the sweet spot. Nobody thought Brandon Nimmo was getting eight years as a, as a Boris client. No one thought that was going to happen. Mets did it, finished the deal. I think that that's something similar is going to happen. Whether the rumors were true, Pete Alonso wants 10 years. He probably does. He wants to be met for life. I don't think he's getting 10 years. But will it shock me if he gets eight years? as opposed to the six or seven that everyone thinks he should get at a little bit of a higher clip in terms of money? No, it won't. If, if that closes the deal, I think that that's what's eventually going to happen. So enjoy him. I don't think he's going anywhere. Enjoy the season and allow it to play out because there are smart people running the ship. What Whatever happens, however the chips may fall, let it be. Watch him. Enjoy him this year, and then we're going to go into free agency. And I still think Pete's going to get his money. That's where I am on it. I I agree with you. I do. Um, you know, when I look at this situation with Pete, I you mentioned Brandon Nimmo. I mentioned him and Edwin Diaz and Degrom. And look, Diaz wanted to stay here. There was speculation that he was going to go. Maybe it was very brief because he signed like immediately when he could. But you know, there was some speculation circled about the. New York media landscape where it's like, oh, well, you know, Mets fans weren't great to him when he first came here and he's going to leave probably and all this stuff. Da, 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 da. Well, you know what? The Mets made him the highest paid closer in baseball, which is like a huge factor, right? But he also wanted to be here. And then you look at Nimmo and there was like, oh, he's going to go to Colorado. Nimmo's not a big city guy. He comes from a small town in Wyoming. Da 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 da. da. He's gonna go. He's gonna leave. He doesn't really want to be with the Mets. Boom. Stays with the Mets. You know what I'm saying? So like, I yeah. look at Pete in a similar light as both of those guys. And yeah, Carlos, I, I agree. Diaz didn't really hit free agency. By the way, if somebody wants feet picks, uh, Julie D has them for uh, five dollars. <laughs> um, I want to cut. We want to cut, Julie. <laughs> Over oh here, <laughs> what what does this show turn into? We do we do one advertisement, and now it's like we're selling. Yeah, just... <laughs> so anyway, um, no, but like I I, I understand that he didn't really get to to free agency. That is Diaz, but 
you know, that that's the kind of conversations that we're had. The same kind of conversations that happened about Pete. You know, the Mets don't like Pete. Pete doesn't like the Mets. This, he doesn't really like New York that much and this and that. And he wants to be captain. And he can't be captain because Nimmo's here. And he can't be captain because Lindor's here. And all yeah. the stuff that those idiots, those two morons were saying on WFA uh, today. Don't, don't even utter their name. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah. Two morons. By the way, just um, there are two. There are two. Oh, Paul Revere, my horse is selling hoof picks. <laughs> Yo, I wish I had. Like, uh, I love you, Paul. Beer, 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 love- beer, beer, for that. Okay, so uh, um, look, Ibby. Too funny. I lost my entire train of thought. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's okay. those two people I don't want to bring up. You know, I checked today just to make sure. Oh, there are two captains currently in Major League Baseball: Salvador Perez and Aaron Judge. Does either one of them matter? No. no, does it, it doesn't matter? matter. Does it make them better teams? Does it make it doesn't no. matter? It doesn't, it matter. doesn't Who cares? matter. Uh, listen, I think Nimmo could be a captain if that's what you're into. I also think if Pete was signed long term, he could be a captain. I think Lindor can be a captain. Like, but I also think they don't need to have a captain. It doesn't matter. No, it, who cares? It, it didn't matter. matter. It didn't matter that, when David Wright was. It didn't matter when Mike Sweeney was in Kansas City. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. It's ceremony, <laughs> first of it, all. It is ceremony because it's stupid. It is so stupid the fact that it was like included almost into the contract of Aaron Judge. That alone shows you that it's just it's 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 name dressing. It's window. It's window. That's it. It matters more there. You know, the Yankees have had, like, sure, captains throughout their, like, Never. you know, 100-year legacy. You know, 150, whatever the hell it's been. Like, they've had captains there. Let them have it. Yeah, I, don't I don't care. Who cares? I don't care. I don't yeah, care. Pat, Patty's right. Everybody gets a C. You get a C. You get a C. Everybody's a captain. Like, nope. Dude, this is not the NFL. This is not the NHL. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. So this whole thing of, like, dude, the Royals, to their credit, we talked about teams spending, not spending money. The Royals extended Perez like three or four different times to keep him as a Royal for life. They just made him captain on his most recent extension. The guy's like a 34-year-old catcher. Like how much longer do you think he's going to be around? They didn't make him a captain when they extended him. They didn't the first time. They didn't make him a captain after they beat the Mets in the World Series. They made him a captain in like 2022. Mm -hmm. He's been on the team for over a decade. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how anything. good you are. Dude, John Franco was the captain of the Mets. Who cares? He was a relief pitcher. For yeah. some of that tenure, he wasn't even the fucking closer anymore. <laughs> he was like the fifth best player, seventh best player on the 10th, 15th best player on some of those teams. He was a setup man. They made him the captain because his dad works sanitation. And he's from Brooklyn. I'm not like, I love John Frank. I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah. Like I get it. You know what I mean? Like I get the whole, but like, that's why he was captain. He's a good New York city character. And he's a very, he was a very good major league relief pitcher. I'm not trying to dump on, on John no, Franco, but, but like, still the whole point is to see. It doesn't, it doesn't mean matter. Anything. And he's got these two bozos talking about, Oh, you got to let, you got to trade Pete Alonso. So Brandon Nimmo could be the face of the team. Where Here's was that? I want good players on my team. There, there's yeah, that was, that's what there I was want. a tweet I sent out. So why did the Yankees trade Judge so Glaber Torres could be the face of the team and be the captain? 
You could trade a better player so that a lesser one feels more comfortable. And by the way, this is not a knock on Brandon Nimmo either because Brandon Nimmo for sure doesn't fucking feel this way. No. <laughs> it's insane. It's uh. insane. Oh, yeah, Mets trucker. Tone. Uh-oh, a WFAN fan, uh, WFAN rant unlocked. Get him. Yeah, I just, I just like, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, like Jets fan said, uh, Mets fan, Jesus Christ, I'm, my head's all over the place. <laughs> Mets fan said this, Dodgers need to trade Freeman or Betts then. Yeah, I can't have two good players. <laughs> you better fucking yeah. trade one. Not you got two, two really good, or in the Mets case, you know, well, uh, let's just say two, because the Mets have only Lindor and uh, Nimmo locked up in terms of this. Like Pete's not signed to a long-term deal. But like, you have, if you're the Dodgers out here, you got Freeman. And you got Betts and you got Otani, three of the most marketable, three of the most likable, three of the most like just three of the best players in baseball at their respective positions. You've got three of them, but you can't have them because you one of them can be the captain. And then the other two are going to be all upset about it. Like, what are we talking about? You two fucking morons. Before Joe Devanzio comes out, I just wanted to say we got 55 people in the chat right now. Thank you all for being here. If you're brand new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you like the video. It helps with the algorithm. Gets our entire show and channel out there to more people. We have added on a couple more subs throughout this thanks to Wardy. We're at 678 right now. So 22 away from 700 as we continue our trek towards 1,000. We are thankful for each and every one of you. So, again, if you are here for the first time, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and, of course, thank you for your support. Absolutely appreciate it. And, look, you know, we we, we know we've touched on this a little bit, but it is um, really important to all – to us, um, you know, to get um, really which is our first – you know, we, we had some, some, some sponsorships and stuff through our previous network that were kind of uh, network-specific, um, you know, or, excuse me, network uh, throughout for all the shows involved. Man, this, this is our rough. first specific um, sponsorship partnership thing that we're doing with Manscaped. And we really appreciate it. We're super proud of it. All jokes aside, um, they are a great company and it is uh, yeah, some good stuff. Um, so, you know what? We want to share that with you. Use the promo code TMDUP at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. And look, they hooked us up. They gave us some shirts, but they also gave us, it'd be the lawnmower 5.0. And they gave us the um, the weed whacker for your for your nose hair and your mm-hmm. ear hair to trim everything up. Look, I'm just gonna come right out and say it. You can tell yeah. by my beard, I, I'm I'm a hairy dude. Uh, a friend of mine once told me my facial hair regenerates like Wolverine. That's how quickly my well, you hair. You did grows. shave the first time. I mean, I'm. It was like back in a day, so it was very impressive. Like I was shocked when you came out. I was like, whoa, <laughs> who's this guy? And then by the next time, you're like, it was completely back. Like. It, it was like uh, it was a dream. Like you really, like you didn't really shave. Well, and that's the thing. So I, I just want to mention it. Like obviously, look, you can, you can, you can keep yourself for Valentine's Day. You've got somebody in your life. You know what I mean. And you want to be smooth because that's a preference of yours. Okay, when you're getting intimate, that is oh, fine. Course. You can use it for that. But I am also a guy. I don't know. I don't care if this is TMI. I yeah. hate my armpits. I don't like armpit hair. I think armpit hair is gross. That's fine. I used this when I got it the other day. It was great. I didn't cut myself. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I have a hairy chest. I like chest hair, but I don't like just unruly chest hair. I buzz my chest hair. I buzzed it with the lawnmower 5.0 mm-hmm. and it was great. 
It was even. It was smooth. It was clean. It was nice. Yep. Also, you guys know I like getting tattoos. I have a penchant for getting tattoos. I like showing off my tattoos. So Can't what does that cover? I shave my arms. Gotcha. I shave my arms because I like to show off my tattoos because yeah. I spent a lot of money on them. So you know what? I think no matter the application, Lawnmower 5.0 might be for you, even if you don't think that it is for you because I haven't used it for this. That is the point of the show. Is no, that it's that point, point of the show. We're at the it's point where we're saying. The show. Yes, it is that point of the show. And that uh, is the point of the show. No, I'm just uh, kidding. <laughs> uh, we didn't want to take up. No, in all seriousness, we didn't want to take up a lot of time with Warty. You know, while yeah. we were doing this, and he was so nice to kind of jump in, and I didn't know we're he trying to pay the bills. An yeah. agreement with them, but you know, look, it, it's part of it. Um, so yeah, okay. <laughs> Mets trucker tones, and I got to get a back tat to blend in with my back hair. I feel you. No, so it's like you know, yeah, Stevie Mac nailing it. <laughs> Till hair do his part. Till no, get that hair out of here, bro. Yeah. No, listen, you know, and I know you can you can use it to ch- trim your facial hair. Um, I didn't use it for that because I just used it to shave my body hair and I will not use the same one in both places. Well, if you go on manscaped.com, you can find the beard trimmer. They do have a beard trimmer there as well. Yes, they do. And so listen, um, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, we've got a promo code. Um, we're super happy to be partnering with them, um, you know, for the holiday season, this particular holiday, uh, Valentine's day. So, uh, use the code TMDUP at manscaped.com for uh, 20% off and free shipping, uh, no matter what you want to get on the website. And honestly, it'd be again, you know, um, th- this is something like, yeah, obviously this is something that you guys are going to be hearing us kind of do throughout the rest of the, um, <laughs> tone, you're too much, man. Pits oh and chest. Fine. Please stop there. Thank you. Charlie. Oh my God. Um, no, look, obviously guys, you listen to the show and we appreciate the support. And this is the next evolution of, you know, the, the show of, of getting, you know, some, yeah. some partnerships. Some it's, recognition. We're stoked yeah, on. It's a good thing. So we yeah. are good. We are going to mix it in. It is going to be a part of the show going forward, at least for the next few weeks. Um, so, but the reason why I saved it till the end to kind of launch into this Ibby is because for all of our diehard listeners who are here for an hour and 45 minutes with us, yeah. you know, um, again, this is the next Genesis of the show. And, Absolutely. you know, it's Shows just, it, we're, we're proud of it. We're proud of yeah. the growth and you guys are a part of it, right? Whether, whether you, you, you want to support us in the product or not, we hope that you do, but you guys are a part of it because if you don't listen, and you listen like crazy on, on the podcast. If you don't watch, and this has grown tremendously, like you said, we're about 22 away from 700 people that yeah. we've kind of grown the subscriber base. Like if you guys don't do that, then we never had this opportunity. So that's nope. why I wanted to kind of save this part. You know, it's not going to always be as long. It's not going to always be as sappy, but it's no. true though. It like that's true. the thing. That's like cool. we have a, we, we have a paid partnership is a partnership to sell. I understand all that, but it's a shout out to you guys for real, because we, we can't, we can't do it. We're not, we're not getting, you know, ad reads sent to us and graphics sent to us and stuff. If you guys don't listen to the show, if we're just two idiots talking off into the ether, we don't get these opportunities. So I hope Which at one point we were exactly. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And if, and uh, I echo everything that John just said, the show isn't anything without you guys. And the show took a, took a huge leap once we started going live, like I've said multiple times uh, over the last month or so. And again, this this partnership that we have with Manscaped for this amount of time that we have, we'll see where it goes moving forward. And if this opens up the door to other things. And like John said, this doesn't happen with all of you. And um, I have to do one thing because I want to do it and I didn't get a chance to. And I can't use this read uh, next week because this is the Valentine's Day read. So I wanted to do it. I said I said to John, I, go, I want to be like your Joe DeVanzio when he got the uh, the paper slid to him. 
where they slide it to him and he just goes like this and he gets to he gets to read the actual uh script and uh intro that they wanted so i want to say it for the valentine's day and all the men out there okay Roses are red, violets are blue. Trim your balls and your date will thank us too. What's up, fellas? Valentine's Day is knocking and Manscaped is the remedy for what the love doctor ordered. His prescription, the all-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. Designed to elevate your grooming game and shine like the heartthrob you are. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com to snag a 20% off and free shipping with the code T-M-D-U-P. That's T-M-D-U-P at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. Tell them till Mets do us part sent you. <laughs> I love that. There's done my like moment. A, done like a true pro. You even <laughs> you even tapped it on the desk. It was fantastic. It was great. Um, no, right. I, I do want to jump back into the comments really quick, and we'll get out of here. I know we've been talking for a long time and stuff, but it's honestly, uh, Paul, you always crack a lot okay. of great jokes, and you got – Plenty of funny yeah. stuff to say. Um, but I do appreciate this from Paul saying you two should have way more viewers, subscribers, excellent chemistry. Thank you. We Thank appreciate you, the appreciate jokes that. and all the humor and uh, tone following it up by saying, like Paul and his horse, chemistry. Right? <laughs> Paul said, you fucking got it. Um, no, uh, listen, like that's that's the thing. Like we we really um we really appreciate you guys. Um and uh and and thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for tuning in, for listening, all that stuff. Hopefully, you know, more great stuff, uh, it, you know, comes of it. And it, again, it's all from it's all from you guys. And Stevie Mack will take us out with this one. You should read that ad <laughs> in your class, Tiffy. I don't think you can. I think that puts you on a fucking list. Puts me on a list. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm not going to read it to my class, no. I don't think um, you are. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much, thank guys. Thank you to it. our guest this week, Wardy, the one and only Wardy NYM. Wardy Tyler Wardy, um, great show that he has. Um, he's going to do a a million things tomorrow we'll jump on his show at some point either during spring training or during the season we're working on the details uh if me and maybe can do it together if we're going to do it separately blah 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 we will let you know of course you can follow the show at till mets do his part on twitter you can follow us at till mets do his part on instagram and now you can follow us at till mets do his part on tiktok so, so on TikTok if you want to do that, right. you can find us on TikTok. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You know where you're watching us right now. We're on YouTube. Till Mets do us part. Hit the thumbs up on your way out if you haven't already. Stop Subscribe the to the channel. It helps the algorithm. And if you are the kind of person that can't watch the show live or can't watch all two hours of it in one sitting, well, guess what? You can listen to this show starting tomorrow courtesy of the umbrella sports network. Somebody asked earlier, when is John Mancone going to be back on the show? We're trying to figure out when we can get John we'll get back, back on, on to talk yeah. about some of this stuff. He's just been really busy doing some of the clinics and stuff that he does for like young picture pitchers and stuff like that. So, um, and it coincides usually with right when we're recording. So we're going to have John Mancone back on so far. The partnership has been amazing. We're just really two episodes deep, uh, but you can find us on all the podcast platforms. And like Ibby so eloquently said earlier, if you're into shaving your balls for Valentine's Day, <laughs> head on over to manscaped.com and use the Shave them, boys. Clean it up. Clean it up. Get 20% off and free shipping. I'm John. That's Ibby. This is Tilt Mets Do Us Part. We'll see you all next Wednesday. Peace. Peace.